Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of Adventures in Careerland. Hello, everyone. Glad to be back. I'm your host, Adriano Magnifico. I'm career development facilitator in the Louis Riel School Division. And we're broadcasting from the Louis Riel Arts and Technology Center and their esteemed and powerful and incredible broadcast media program. And I'm joined in this program, which is one of the 13 programs in the Louis Riel Arts and Tech Center, where students come because they want a little extra, little extra juice. They want a little extra energy. They want a little extra insight into who they are, what they are, what their skills are, what they're capable of, and how they can climb those mountains and find their best selves. What do you think of that? That was that was an introduction. Okay. And of course, <laughs> I'm joined. Us the wisdom. Yeah. The wisdom, yeah. They're always climbing to the mountain, and I always have a little nugget for them. And these two esteemed people, CJ, they, them, how are you? I'm doing all right. Tim Hortons delivered very late. The package late. So your 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 coffee is what? It's, ice cold right now? Well, it's iced coffee. So yeah, that's how it's supposed to be. So it actually be. worked out very well. It did, yeah, but I ordered it at like eight thirty, hoping it would be here before class starts. And it just got here as class started, which I'm kinda upset about because I wanted to eat it before, but no. It's just sitting on my desk. Well, that's one of the perils. I've invited you to bring it here, even though it's a little greasy and that's the And best then get it, it all over the equipment. Yeah, that sounds like a great idea. Well, I, I do it every day. <laughs> it's a beautiful thing. And we also have Andre Boisjoli, yeah. who is working the Star Trek, original Star Trek keyboard. Original, yeah. With, with the, the little bright buttons. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And Andre, how are you today? I'm doing good. Uh, but last night, I actually, I don't I was tired yesterday. Better today because I slept a lot, but I saw you yawning a bunch yesterday. Oh, I know it was bad. <laughs> well, it's because I had I'd worked this uh, this weekend and I was really tired. Anyways, all that to say, uh, I went to bed around what four thirty when I got home. Like right when I got home, I went. Well, actually, I slept it. I slept on the couch, and uh, I woke up around I would say eight. Yeah, around eight, and uh, I thought it was the morning. I thought I'd slept. For a good six hours or even seven, I was like, oh, "Okay, I'm ready to go to school," but it was <laughs> it was seven. It was sorry, it was eight p.m., not a.m. So it took Jeez, me it Andre. took me a bit of time to realize Jeez. that. How long? How long did you like get your bag and everything, and then you're no, like, oh, wait. I, I was actually I just brushed his teeth. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I went I went to my room to check my clock, and it says it doesn't have like the a.m. or p.m. indicator on it. So I was I was kind of lost for a few seconds. Well, you know, for the extra four or five dollars, you could have gotten that. <laughs> yeah, and then and then I texted my friends. <laughs> they probably That's thought crazy. I was crazy. You know what? This is a and you know I what? said I said what what day is it today? I <laughs> I hate to say it, Andre. This is a typical Gen Z response. Okay? You know, it's yeah. If I hear another line from you guys, how you doing? I'm so tired. Oh my god! <laughs> that is the catchphrase of our generation. I think yeah. so. You know, I just but, saw but that. But that's a way everyone can relate to each other because we're all really tired. Yeah, well, but it's I'm just, not. I'm not. So I'm Gen not, Z is a zombie-like land. Yes, I'm not where proud everyone of it. goes, they sleep indiscriminately. They wander <laughs> exactly. onto couches. They try to find oh. 
messages yeah. that show them what day it is <laughs> or what time it your is. Your friends probably thought you were are. crazy, Andre. Oh asking yes, what day yeah. It is. Do you even oh, totally. remember your middle name right now? Yeah, or? David. 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 I think. No, Isn't David. it David? <laughs> David. 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 En français. David. Anyway. David. Yeah. Well, anyway, it was pretty windy this morning. Would you guys go outside? Yeah, oh, I did. Holy smokes. I got up at four o'clock in the night. It was windy. I thought the rain barrel was rolling away. I had to go chase <laughs> this in the night in the, in the, uh, <laughs> I heard the that it like poured all night long. It was crazy. It was oh, crazy. Wow. And of course, I wandered in here and holy smokes, my comb over kind of popped right up. I felt <laughs> like I had a mohawk. It was, it, it was bad. How yeah. is it out? Now you're out in the boonies, I'm, out in St. Adol. I'm out in St. Adol. What, what's the wind like on the windswept Canadian prairie? <laughs> uh, there's waves on the river now. Oh, so. yeah. I heard, oh, yeah. Uh, I don't remember where it was, but they said, uh, somewhere that had a lot of water, like the water can rise up to five feet today because the waves so are, are going to be gigantic. Are you getting worried there, Andre? No, I know. I, think, <laughs> I, I know. I mentioned this in, in our last episode. No, I'm not very worried. Are I you mean, getting more worried? All it does is rain. No, <laughs> I know, I know, but we're behind the dike, so we should be fine. But this morning when I got up, actually got up. <laughs> yeah, yeah, whatever. <laughs> I, the, I heard the, the only thing I could hear was like the town pump running. Right, because oh, the yeah, water can't get out of the culverts because it's blocked by the river. So they they closed it. So they have to get a pump to pump out the water out of town. So that's well, the only thing I could hear the the loud sound of the the town pump going. It was well, you know what? They don't have those pleasant. kind of problems in Vancouver. I yeah. don't think. I don't think. Well, it rains over there, but oh, yeah, but oh it, yeah, yeah, that's but, where it rains. But time. it kind of it kind of it it runs off into the ocean. I think. Yeah, I, I think that's. I don't yeah. know, but anyway, we. <laughs> I think today. We've got a tour de force. Oh, not a humdinger. Program. It's a humdinger. <laughs> of a program today because we've got a guest that uh, I met a few years back when he was uh, doing some really creative work with a marketing company. And uh, he has since moved on to be, become a resident as a doctor. So this is an odd story. So his story is going to be really cool. And I'm talking about Joel Voth. How are you, sir? I'm well. Thank you for having me. Oh, we're super excited to have you. I mean, uh, we we have a real doctor. I think there's reverence here. Uh, we watch all the doctor shows. <laughs> mm-hmm. All excited. Do, do you, I, do you, I watch ER. I watch The Resident. I I watch these shows. Do so you, now, oh, my favorite doctor show is uh, House House MD. Oh yeah. Oh, that's good. So Joel, do you have the House fan. attitude a bit, or? <laughs> I was always a very big fan of House long before I ever even thought about going into medicine. So I uh, I appreciate that. I treat people a little bit kinder, I feel, than uh, <laughs> Dr. House did. But uh, yeah, I loved the show. Yeah, it was great. Anyway, Joel, this is an amazing thing. Like, I, I, I find your story really interesting because um, you... You're you're a Winnipegger, born and raised Winnipegger, and of course you've Winnipeg has lost you. Are you lost for good? Are you ever coming back to Winnipeg? Or are you one of our lost uh, children again? <laughs> you never say never. Um, Winnipeg will always have a piece of my heart, but uh, for the foreseeable future, I will be um, based out of Toronto for the next little while. Right on. So you are in a program in Toronto. You you want to talk about that program very quickly? What you're in and why you're in Vancouver. Yeah, sure. I um, So I'm finishing my residency training in family medicine. Um, it's a two-year program I'm based out of the University of Toronto at St. Michael's Hospital. Um, and right now I'm actually on elective working at St. Paul's Hospital in Vancouver, working with their addictions team, um, kind of working towards uh, my July 1st start of my fellowship training. So I'm doing an, an extra year of specialized training in addictions medicine um, before I go back out into the world and start my real job. 
Well, that's amazing. Now, are you, didn't Toronto offer that? You chose Vancouver. What attracts you to Vancouver? There must be a couple of addictions in Toronto is what I'm saying. There are. So I'm actually doing the Toronto program next year. Um, Vancouver's program is probably one of the best in North America, if not um, much of the world. And so I had the opportunity to come out here and learn from their team for a month um, and jumped on that so that I could kind of add some skills from out here to my training in Toronto. So now tell people what a resident is. Because I watch, I watch the television program. I love it. I, I know it inside out, okay? So I know what a real I'm resident does. I'm thinking of like because residents of a house. No, no, no. <laughs> What's a resident? So the Joe. process to go through your medical training is you start in med- medical school. You're a med student. And then um, you go through the usually four years. The program I went to at McMaster in Hamilton is uh, condensed into three years. And then as soon as you graduate from medical school, you're a doctor. So that's when you get to start using the doctor title. Um, However, at the end of your medical school training, you match into a specialized training program, which is your residency. And that can be anything from general practice in family medicine, like I'm doing, um, or general surgery. You can do psychiatry. There are tens and tens of different specialized training programs that you can do. And so once you match into one of those programs, that's when you kind of specialize your learning and skills for the type of work that you're going to do in your like final career. So Um, so then go ahead. Yeah. So you talk about all these niches and stuff. Is there any niche that you have an interest in or you found that, that you like the most? Yeah. So I really liked uh, family medicine because of the kind of breadth that we get to do. We get to treat people from the instant they're born until the end of their life. And so I think that there's something very interesting about that. And you get to learn about a little bit about everything kind of, um, and then just recognize when you don't know enough about it and need to refer to the specialist who spent five years training on that one thing. Um, so that's really fun. And then within that, I've kind of found addictions medicine as an area of personal interest um, that I am, I really appreciate the science behind it and also getting to work with marginalized populations, which is something that I'm pretty passionate about. So I'm excited to do an extra year of training in addictions. Well, that's awesome. And I and we have a few of those in Winnipeg. So I'm just assuming you're going to come back. I don't want to put any pressure <laughs> on you. Okay, It's pretty major I, pressure I on I you. I just hate to lose yeah. our best people. That's all it is, right? <laughs> no one likes you Winnipeg, though. Oh, be quiet. Winnipeg's a great place. <laughs> anyway. I no. love Winnipeg. I'm Winnipeg's biggest cheerleader out in Toronto. So don't worry. I'm singing <laughs> Winnipeg's praises always. Right on. Right on. So let me tell you, you're starting in Daniel McIntyre, graduate 2005. You're sitting in class and and you're thinking about what should I do in my life? What What is your life at Daniel McIntyre like? I'm thinking, like, we've gone so far forward to resident. We want to go back now and say, what were the seeds that were dropped in you to think this might even be a glint in your eye? Well, truly, medicine was not something that I had ever considered. Um In high school, I really liked the sciences. And so at the time, because I really liked chemistry, I thought, oh, maybe I'll go into pharmacy Um, I actually had the opportunity in grade 12 to do an internship at a pharmacy and hated it, um, but still kind of thought, well, maybe I'll see if this works better when I get into university. Um, But it didn't work, right? Like that's where, how how important was that? You did an internship or in, in, I guess, in a Daniel Mac program, right? Yeah. Okay. So Um, what was it a job shadow? Was it a long internship? And what didn't you, what did you notice and not like about it? 
So I found it was a kind of longitudinal job shadow um, over a semester where I'd go in and work with a pharmacist and kind of just shadow them around, do some of the tasks that they would do. Um, I found that it didn't have the, at least the role I was doing, didn't have the same interpersonal connection that I was looking for. Um, You didn't get to be the one talking about why the person was on these medications, you just kind of like gave them to them with instructions on how to take them appropriately, um, which wasn't as exciting as I thought it was going to be. And you also didn't really get to use a lot of the chemistry skills that you had honed in high school and through university, I felt. Do you um, not need you uh, really... chemistry skills to like mix the medicine and everything? Yeah, I think it's there are some skills there and there's a lot of background knowledge that you need, obviously, like, don't get me wrong. Pharmacists are exceptionally well-trained and know way more about medicine than even I do. And in, in, as a physician, um, so don't get me wrong. It just didn't have the same kind of excitement that I was looking for. I think. Yeah. That's understandable. And as a result, I kind of found something in university that excited me a bit more. And that was actually business. So how crazy is that? You start going from, were you actually thinking, can I do pharmacy and business? Or were you beginning to try to connect some dots? Or you just thought, and how did you connect to business while you were at university? And you were at the University of Winnipeg, correct? Yeah, I went okay. to the University of Winnipeg for my undergrad. Right. Um, I was, it was actually, there was a moment where I was studying for one of my chemistry finals in first year university. And I was just sitting there being like, why am I doing this? I think I hate this. Um <laughs> I need to get out. (laughs) Did you just, did you run out of there mad as hell and I'm not going to take it anymore? And scream and run (laughs) through the streets, flailing your arms? It wasn't quite as dramatic as that. Oh, darn, darn. But I wish it was kind of that Hollywood moment. But at the time I was working in retail um, as a manager at Polo Park and I really liked the business aspect of what I was doing. I was really interested in marketing. I always found that I was like drawn to reading magazines and watching fashion shows and like reading through ads when I was driving down the street on the billboard. And there was just kind of this moment where I was like, well, maybe this is actually what I should be doing. And so I switched from science into business and I did my undergrad in marketing and human resources. Well, you're saying something really important about um, trying things out. And that's what students don't do in school. Is that fair to say most kids are going through an academic program. They choose something, uh, some academic pursuit and then they go into it and the research shows that it often changes it just they need the experience the hands-on to check it out you you were trying out a few things was that super beneficial to you yeah absolutely i think it was um the reason that i ended up i mean originally in a career that i really loved i tried out science i did an internship i worked um i got some experience i talked to the people in my family about what they were doing and saw pieces of things I liked or didn't like and what they were doing. And so I tried to get as much exposure as possible and always knew that, like, I, I feel like sometimes people go into a university program or a college program and they get accepted and they've worked really hard to get there. And then even if they don't like it, they sometimes feel trapped in that program. Like, oh, I have to finish this. And um, I think that uh, was- that's a bigger reason because... Like you have to pay so much to take programs in university and college and everything. So you can't, you don't have enough room to try things because if you try something and it doesn't work out, then you have a lot to pay back, even though you didn't want to do that career or that path that you took. 
A hundred percent. And I think that that's part of the, the joys of first um, year university or first year college where they've kind of built in this year where you can try a bunch of things out because to graduate with a degree or a diploma or anything, you need to have a certain number of courses in different things. So you need to have an English course, you need to have a math course, you need to have a science course. And so you do kind of have the opportunity to test a few things out before you really commit. And then even once you commit, like I did, you can always switch. <laughs> it, That's right. it sometimes has a financial um, downside to doing that. Um, but I think I was kind of always raised to believe that like school will always be there. You can always go back and learn more. You're never going to know everything. So don't feel like you have to make a decision and stick to it forever and ever. Hey, that's a great philosophy. And that came from your mom and dad, right? Like we talked a bit yesterday and you said you didn't feel the pressure from parents to choose and to move where a lot of kids feel that pressure. And I've run into so many kids who have gone off to get a degree um, based on other people's needs instead of their own sense of who they are and what matters to them and where the right fit is. And then they wind up not using that degree. Like Canada's got a an incredible collection of underemployed people. You know what I'm saying? They mm-hmm. they have degrees in a lot of different areas, but they're doing jobs that have nothing to do with their degree. Yeah. And, yeah. and that hurts. That hurts an economy because education and the job force should be inextricably linked and tied to Absolutely. productivity possibility, right? So yeah. your parent, how important, and you had a sister, you mentioned a sister who was a doctor. So you're watching that. Mm-hmm. as well so yeah. t- talk about how that works you must have been like in terms of mentorship and such parents are giving you the opportunity they're stressing education right but they're saying yeah. it's not the be all end all to pick and choose and decide at any given moment you have to kind of feel and feel that out and how about sister yeah. talk about that a bit so i think that you're right my parents were exceptionally supportive and and basically said like your job is to go to school and learn um, as much as you can in high school and then do something after that, that's going to be educational. Um, but like no pressure to pick one thing or the other, no pressure to do it full time. Like I did my undergrad in five years instead of four because I took a few less courses so I could work a little bit more, um, just because I really liked working. And there were some beer bashes at the UW say it. Well, of course, there's always a little bit of fun as well. It wasn't all work. It wasn't all work. Um, I've been to these universities. I know what's going on. All right. Yeah. Um, I ended up graduating and, and luckily getting a job in a career working for an advertising for marketing communications firm in Winnipeg that I loved. Um, and I stayed there for seven years. I like really loved what I was doing. I got to work with public health. I got to work in education, um, kind of areas that you don't always think of when you think marketing advertising. And then at the same time, I was watching my sister go through uh, the MD medical program and saw her become a doctor and then start her residency. And when I got to a point in my marketing career where I was kind of looking for a new challenge, I knew I didn't want to go to one of the other firms in Winnipeg because I loved the company that I was working with and had like no real qualms there. I just needed something that was going to push me a little bit harder, different way. And so I kind of thought I've worked with a lot of health organizations to build strategies to reach new populations or engage with marginalized populations in like the downtown core communities. 
and I really loved that work. And I thought maybe I could take this health strategy work and translate it into patient care and go into medicine. Um, and I had the benefit of having watched my sister do it. So I, I knew kind of what the program looked like. Um, and I had someone who was there telling me that she thought I could do it, um, which was obviously a, a big push in the right direction. Well, how important is that to have someone in your corner saying, you can do this, you can do this? I think having that mentorship is so important and it doesn't necessarily have to be a sister or a parent yes. or, but someone in your life who kind of knows you, knows your skills and can help direct you in one way or the other. I think that that is always super valuable. So she and would, I've had yeah. so many good mem mentors over my lifetime in school, teachers, family, coworkers, bosses. Like I've been very lucky that way. Everybody needs their own little cheerleader. <laughs> that's right. 100%. Oh, that's a great line. There yeah. you go. Where do you Make go, a t-shirt. <laughs> yeah, put that on the t-shirt. Everyone needs a cheerleader. Well, she was that's at McMaster. That's going to be the caption for this episode. That's going to be the episode. Everyone needs a cheerleader. Now, you, she was at McMaster and you chose McMaster. Did you, did you check them all out? How did that process go? Or did you just feel like that's the place to go? And why did you choose McMaster? Was it because of SIS? I did. I did check it, check them all out. There's 17 medical schools in Canada. I didn't look overseas or in the States or anything. I knew I wanted to stay in Canada. Um, McMaster's program, like I said before, is condensed from four years into three years, which means it's a very intense program um, with very little time off in between. But as someone who was going back to school at the ripe old age of 30, I thought that doing it a little bit quicker was going to be advantageous for me. Um, they also have like a very hands-on learning format for their program and a lot of self-directed learning, which again, as a more mature student, I felt is a, a better fit for me. Um, there was also the piece that like some of the medical schools had requirements that I didn't have because I hadn't completed uh, a science degree in undergrad. I only had the first year of my science. So um, that was part of it too, where there were some that were just eliminated because I didn't have the prerequisites. But Mac was the one that was kind of my top choice and, and the one that I kind of put all my eggs into that basket. Now you're 30 going into that. Are a lot of that? Are you the old guy in the program? <laughs> I am definitely one of the older guys in the program. So, so they're looking to you for guidance, and you probably have none, and it's it's, yeah. it's, it's quite frustrating. But it, are, was that a little odd? Like, what did you see in the young people coming to be doctors? Did you see a difference in the attitudes a bit? Like, you're kind of a millennial, I would say, right? Versus Gen <laughs> yeah. Zs. Did you see? Did you notice a difference between them or not? They were just. A hundred percent. There was a difference in philosophy there. Well, part of it too was like a lot of the students that I went to med school with had gone into university with the goal of being a doctor. Like they went, they did a three-year science degree, they got directly into medical school. And so they were in their early 20s and they had known since they were six that this is what they wanted to do. I didn't know until my late 20s that this was what I wanted to do. I also didn't have the same background and knowledge that they did. Like they were so leaps and bounds ahead of me in terms of their science knowledge. So there was a big learning curve there when I first got in. But I mean, I've kind of learned over the years that you can teach yourself just about anything if you have the right resources and the right people around you. So that you kind of, you deal with the learning curve as it comes and maybe you spend a little bit more time than other people. But also it was interesting because there was a difference like there were some people that I was going to school with who were almost 10 years younger than I was um, 
And so we just had different priorities. We were at different stages in our life. And so it was a very interesting mixed bag throughout the whole program and got to learn a lot about myself and a lot about all the other people in my class. Well, you also have the more experience, right? So you must have seen some ad- advantage of that sometime when it came to calm or tension or yeah. uh, keeping the boat solid when things are a little messy or, you know, and, and, and it's, it's overwhelming at times. You probably have a little more savvy. Would you, would you agree experience does that for you? Absolutely. I think that um, you can keep a little bit more perspective over what a really big deal versus what is kind of making a mountain out of a molehill type of a situation you kind of and can self-regulate a little bit more where you you understand your own feelings and how you're feeling in a situation and kind of work through those because a lot of medicine is very stressful and is very um, high stakes we are dealing with people's lives and so there are moments that are kind of really anxious and um and so having a bit of experience and a bit of additional life behind you can definitely be helpful. Not to say that some of the people who were younger in the class weren't also excellent in dealing with all of these situations, but I just had a, maybe a bit of a different perspective. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I, I wonder too about what the day looks like when you're a resident working. Are these, um, are any of your guys coming up and, you know, coming in in the morning, the younger guys going, I'm so tired or, (laughs) or are they just understanding, Hey, we got to get to work. And this is a, how long is a day? Like, what does a day look like for you? So a day can be very different um, because as a medical student and even in early residency, you're doing a lot of different things um, based on whatever rotation you're learning through. So it can be a full day of clinic um, or it can be a full day in the emergency department Um, or you're doing on-call shifts where you're working 26 hours straight. Um, And so the days are are very different based on any rotation. Um, But we were all, like, it's a pretty intense program, and there are are times that are less exhausting, but there are times where we're all exhausted. (laughs) Yeah. Does the physical part ever get to you? Like, just thinking, oh, my gosh, can I do this? Because that's what some students ask. When I work with some young young aspiring medical folks in high school, one of the questions they ask is, can I handle the pace? And that's, I think that's a great question to ask in high school. And you can test it by talking to folks like you or, or just um, thinking about the length of the programs and maybe kind of do some kind of mild internship without, you know, without getting in the way. I'm trying to cut this man open. Oh, sorry. didn't mean to get in your way. (laughs) Yeah. Kind of thing, and you uh, cut their arm off instead or right. something. Well, that's a mistake. <laughs> anyway, oh, sorry. I guess my internship's over. Yes, it is. Uh, is there? Um, what What do you think about that? I think that so. Yes, the pace is intense. Sometimes it's not always intense. Um, what I've learned over the last five years of being a medical trainee is that, like, you. I I think that anyone can do anything temporarily. It's hard to sustain doing a 26-hour shift every three days for months and months. But to do it for a couple weeks is doable. And yes, those weeks will be tired. And yes, you might not see your friends as much in those weeks. And Mm -hmm. you might eat more McDonald's on those weeks instead of cooking dinners. But but it's temporary. And if you 
can keep that in mind, then you can usually make your way through it because there's a light at the end of the tunnel. Well, how tough was that with COVID then? You guys were going around the clock, weren't you? Like there must've been some exhausted people on those floors. It's, it's been an interesting time to be a doctor for the first time in the middle of a global pandemic. So absolutely. Yeah. There was some extra long shifts. There was, um, there was like you yourself, like you, like your team was getting sick. So yeah, absolutely. So you're losing, you're losing manpower throughout shifts and people can't leave, right? Like you can't leave a shift. You can't, isn't there some rule where you have to stay there? There isn't actually, if you're sick, you have to leave. Um, No, but I mean the other guys who are, who think, Oh, my shift is over. Uh, No, we need you. You have to stay there. Um, So there's some rules that we actually can't stay after a certain period of time. Okay. Um, So, and usually there's enough coverage and backup coverage booked in, at least at the resident level, that things will operate ongoing, especially because as a resident, you still always have an attending physician that's kind of the boss that's following in behind. And so even if you're not there, there's a staff physician who's there um, who can step in to take over your responsibilities. Um, but yeah, it, it, we were definitely short staffed at times and working extra hours and, um, it, it put an extra difficult spin on an already difficult training program. Well, for sure. For sure. Now I'm thinking about where did your business background and you loved, you loved the company. It was called Changemakers and they, we worked with them. They're a great company. Uh, and they, they did a lot of very creative things, um, in the marketing realm for our division and what, what lessons did you take from there and knowledge did you take from there that you bring to your medical residency? Are there some? Absolutely. That is a really good question and not something that I sit down and think about intentionally all the time, but I think it's worth digging into. Um, I, I think the biggest thing that I've taken away from there is my communication skills. I think so much of medicine is how you communicate with patients and how you ask questions to get the right information that you're looking for so that you can make the right diagnosis. And being a marketer communicator, you really learn how to create a message and how to translate that through different media to your audience. And so it's a different audience and it's a different purpose and the message is different, but those skills are all really transferable between communications and medicine. I think that that's the biggest one um, that comes to mind. Well, the big, and, and, and when I worked with the, uh, with the company, the marketing company, um, getting to figure out exactly what the customer wants, like, or exactly what in your context now, exactly what the customer's ailment is. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like there's the conversation to get at what I need as a promotional piece and why I want it is a, is a long conversation isn't it like when you mm-hmm. when, when you take a customer on in a marketing firm it's kind of like i just went to see my doctor i tried to get at the head of the line for something he didn't like it anyway um <laughs> <laughs> you know i like there, there's a backlog right uh yeah and it's kind of the same process would you think about just the attention to detail and figuring out the exact diagnostically what the exact customer need is client need absolutely is, patient need yeah. is yeah it's and it's sometimes what patients need 
medically is not what they need emotionally. Yes. Um, and so you're sometimes playing with conflicting needs too. I can, it's sometimes easier to figure out what the diagnosis is and, and prescribe a medication or run a test or something like that. But that isn't always what someone needs from a, an emotional perspective when they're sitting in front of you. So um, you you do have to take into account the entire human experience. And yes. that is something that's kind of unique. But, but and, again, I... And that's what a whole marketing piece is, right? You're trying to connect yeah. emotionally to somebody and, yeah. and, and have an impact, right? So... Well, yeah, yeah. Be, being a doctor, is, especially with a patient, is a really like, especially when you go in doctor's office, it's a really uh, like a personal thing, right? You mm -hmm. talk about personal mm -hmm. stuff and stuff like that. So you always need to, you know, keep yourself in check and in tune, right? To not like, you know, turn off that patient and get them angry or whatever, right? Well, yeah. and you got to yeah. be on top. I guess you got to be on top of it too now with every patient coming in. When I come in, I've already researched the drug he wants to give me. Uh, <laughs> do, you, do you know what I mean? So you're yeah. not... You're not the keeper of the information, the hermetically sealed information. You, I'm going to reveal this to you now. Here's the drug you need to take. Talk, I've already researched it. Talking about that, yeah, do you ever have patients who come in and they've graduated from the Internet School of Medicine? Yeah, yeah, yeah. People yeah. who, like, Google their symptoms and everything, and they're like, oh, I think I have cancer. And you're yeah. like, uh, no, you just have anxiety or something. Is that, Would yeah. you say that's, like, maybe – I mean, access to information is always a good thing, but is it – you could say is that more of a pain of, in the butt uh, yeah. or is it more collaborative and you mm. welcome it yeah it can be a double-edged sword yes. so yeah. i think that the fact that everyone has access to more information is just broadly generally always a good thing yes. um the the difficulty is that the quality of the information that you have access to is not always great and we see this in elections and we see this in politics and we see this in the oh, yeah. media yes. and like yes. the, the quality that you like it's, we aren't really well trained to assess information quality. We're very good at rapidly accessing information and picking the stuff that works best for what we already think and reinforces our biases and all of those cognitive yes. um, things that are at play. In medicine, people have access to all of this information, but not all of it is quality information. And so that's the part where Dr. Google, as we call <laughs> it, um, is not always that helpful, yeah. but sometimes it is. I've had patients who have come in with the perfect appropriate diagnosis and knew exactly what they needed. And that is very helpful. Um, but there is still on our end, we still have to go through the exercise of looking at the symptoms, making a differential diagnosis of what could this be and ruling out the dangerous things before we kind of land on that obvious diagnosis that Dr. Google might have given you. Mm -hmm. um, so and that's, I think, the, the benefit of still having a physician. So <laughs> Otherwise, we'd all just be doing it. Well, that's one of your skills, though. So you're really enjoying this gig then, aren't you? Oh, I love it. Yeah. Oh, fantastic. I so, need to say that I love how you say Dr. Google. That's hilarious. Dr. Google. Well, or my doctor, Dr. Vinnie Boomba. Rodney Dangerfield's doctor. You don't even know who Rodney no, is. No, I don't. All right. Another reference. I do. Yes. You oh. do. Thank you very much. Another old reference. <laughs> Another old reference. That's what these guys say. These little Gen Zetters and their little old references from the baby boomer. Yeah. The, I don't care what you guys say. You're the cat's meow. Okay. <laughs> this is the right? second time you to know say that. this. Is I it know. or is it the third? I don't know. Oh, I, mean, I don't know. He says his catchphrases a lot. Okay. Yeah. Anyway. Need to start so keeping count. <laughs> we should. I mean, it, it might be embarrassing. Anyway. <laughs> hey, I'm wondering now, Joel, just um, if you were if you were to come into a class of grade 11 kids at Daniel Mac, what would you tell them about here's the best way to make your path 
based on my experience. Uh, what what cheap advice would you give him? And from you would be excellent advice. Most of the advice I give is pretty cheap. Would you agree? Yeah. No. Nah. Yeah. These guys are going, yeah. They're nodding yeah. affectionately. Yeah, it's all cheap from you, Magnifico. <laughs> what great advice do you have, Joel? If you if you were coming to these kids and you were gonna say, here's the one thing I think you ought to think about before you graduate. Try everything. Like anything that you are even remotely curious about. Do some research into it, look into it, try to find a situation where you can try it because it's often in those curiosities that you can find your passion. And it's once you find something that you're passionate about, you can translate that passion into a career or, um, or interests or artistic endeavors. Like, and, and it is those passions that will give your life excitement and meaning, I think. Um, and so if you can find those curiosities that you can dig into and become passionate about, you will find a way to build a life around it. And that might be very different than what you think, but I think that's the thing that is going to be fulfilling in a career or a life in any way. Hey, that's profound. Again, we have to climb to the mountain to get that information. Well yeah. done, Joel. Well done. Anyway, hey, it's time for a little feature we do called Quick Cues. So our Cracker Jack team here is going to ask you a few questions. Now, don't belabor the thought. Don't get into a discussion. <laughs> and I say that to my own producing team here who likes to say, oh, that was a, what do you think? These are quick hitters. We're going to find out more about you Yep, with some quick, quick cues. So I'm going to turn it over to Andre. salsaing here just so you know joel you should have muted his mic I. okay they, they wanted we're to mute my that. mic but we're couldn't. keeping that oh, okay. no. here okay. we go you ready here we go well welcome to quick cues and well let's start dog or cat person oh dog does pineapple belong on pizza no favorite family tradition christmas morning favorite summer activity uh going to the beach messy or tidy desk tidy star wars or star trek oh, star trek Starbucks or Tim's? Uh, Starbucks. Favorite social media? Instagram. Texting or phone? Texting. Outdoors or indoors? Indoors. Cold or warm milk? Cold. So cold. <laughs> Favorite genre of music? Indie pop. Toilet paper over or under? Over. Only over. Morning or night? Uh, night personally, morning professionally. What do you put on toast? Uh, nothing. Dry toast. Do you believe in ghosts? No. Greatest fear? Wasps. What's the last show you binged watch? Uh, ER, oddly enough. Favorite podcast? Uh, this one now. Yeah! <laughs> Everybody's getting that right. Yeah. Uh, we've had a couple of people get it wrong. We had a couple of people get we it did. wrong. They're, they're going, oh, I like the Pivot podcast. What yeah. are you talking about? It's Adventures in Career Lad. I like the Joe yeah. Rogan podcast. Anyway, I like the Joe Rogan. Yeah, <laughs> come on. Come on. This is Adventures. Anyway. I do have other favorites. Of course you do. Now, of course. Okay. But but you totally get it now and how, yeah. uh, and how important it was for you to say that. Anyway. Hey, Joel, this was a lot of fun. Do you have any last parting comments about, to us or to, to students about finding your way in this uh, – in the odyssey of life? 
first, I just want to say thank you for inviting me. It is like very humbling to think that someone is going to be interested in my windy road that it took to get to where I am. Oh, but we um, love the I'm, windy road. We love the windy yeah. road. And every kid needs to know <laughs> that everyone has a windy road. Exactly. It's not just a straight path to yes. your career. Yeah. Mm -hmm. No, it is almost never a straight path. So um, I'm just really excited to be able to share my story and um Happy to, if anyone has questions or anything, to please connect us. You have my email. Um, happy to connect and try to impart any tiny piece of wisdom that I might have. Oh, wow. That's exceedingly generous of you, sir. All the wisdom. And that was, and again, you have been a generous person in my life, helping me out with some of the events in my Tiger's Den, my entrepreneurship event. And and now your interest in, in helping those with addictions, you know, that's it. that's part of your DNA. And that's part of the special quality about who you are and what you want to give to the world and what difference you want to make. So congratulations on your choices and, 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 and working in, in something that, that really brings you joy and purpose. That's really important in anyone's life. So thank you, sir. I appreciate it. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. And ladies and gentlemen, that's it for the podcast today. We'll see you again on adventures in career land. <laughs> <laughs>